0: Blob Talk Radio There is no earthy way of mowing God <laughs> man is out time Which direction we are going And that Camino It would have been D.W.I. A Tipping Point Good evening, good evening ladies and gentlemen
1: And welcome to another episode of The Tipping Point Our special guest tonight, promoter, lover, David Gardner and of course, this is The Tipping Point. I'm Stephen Platinum, and I am joined, as always, by the man, the myth, and the legend, the venerable Larry Goodman. How are you doing tonight, Larry?
2: Yes, the, the decrepit one is here in all his glory to join you for this,
0: uh, wow. what should be
2: most interesting episode of The Tipping Point. Um, yeah, we, I, uh, you know... Yes.
1: I mean, if you just want to give a little background on that, I know we're going to have David on later on, but so because I, I, I want to make sure it's right, so you should probably say what happened. So, what David contacted you and said what exactly?
2: So, uh, David and I had exchanged a few emails going back a oh, couple months now, a couple times about the status of licensure, blah, 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 uh, re- wrestling uh, regulation in Georgia and licensing yeah. and his concern that very few promotions in Georgia were really following the law and, and being licensed according to the state by the Georgia Athletic and Entertainment Commission. Um, and then more recently I had uh, asked David for results of a show, uh, an AWN show where he's a promoter and um, a, a, a card listing for the upcoming show. And he said he was not going to provide any more information to um Georgia wrestling history because Georgia wrestling history promotes and uh, advances the cause of promotions that are not licensed, and so that led to him coming on the show tonight to talk more about that.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I did a I did my first sort of tipping point preview on the uh, closure, which is now a, a thing that I do on YouTube like once a week. And um, my position is pretty clear, Um, but I am, I am interested in talking to David. I've heard a lot about him. Um, A lot of people that I like and respect and know work there. And, and David Gardner goes to them for advice. So I'm curious what his line of thinking is on this whole thing, but lots of other stuff going on in
2: wrestling, Larry, Uh, very interesting, right? So, Yeah, just to touch on, uh, there's, of course, a lot of talk in a lot of quarters about AEW and the Young Bucks and Page and, you know, is Omega going to go there and them signing Jericho. And then they do this, like, I guess it's a press conference coming out party in a parking lot that looks pretty, I don't know, to me, look pretty low rent. Like, it didn't look like something that uh, the owner of the Jaguars, a hugely rich person, Like it didn't look up to his standards. It didn't look up to the standards of a company that's looking for a major uh, network television deal, so um, or you know cable deal of whatever. But supposedly they have something big in the works. But what struck me about it most was was the signing of um, Chris Jericho. Um, What a great deal for Chris Jericho! Supposedly getting you know WWE or better than WWE money. For three years at the age of 48 and still getting to work New Japan. I, I think well, he did really, really well for himself.
1: I think he did. And, you know, part of me worries about AEW. The thing I always worry the most is when a new wrestling group starts and it seems to have the right things in place, which AEW certainly does from like a money perspective, blah, 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 right? often it's seen as the boys swoop in the boys and wrestling people swoop in and they kind of take whatever they can get and they leave them high and dry and they basically make it where they have no chance. However, I think Chris Jericho, I mean, in the last year, Chris Jericho has found more ways to keep himself incredibly relevant. I even hear talk of from wrestling people or people that I used to write with at wrestling sites and that kind of thing. That, that very clearly state that they think Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time. And it's, it's an amazing thing that Jericho's done with his career. It's truly it stunning. And it's weird to say that this about a guy who's his age, like you said, but I mean, he, <laughs> he, he's, he's got the hottest hand, you know what I mean? He's like, he's the hottest guy. It's like, it actually matters who's he going to sign with it actually mattered and uh you know feather in the cap for AEW, if and only if they make the right moves from here on out and now if what you're saying is true and they're doing this sort of thing because not only does it look low rent it looks low rent to potential networks and it also looks low, low rent to the thing that you truly need the most which is sponsors and Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can afford to play that game of, I mean, that's why they always said, Oh, if you're going to compete with the WWE, you got to be a billionaire, right? You and I talked about that. That was always the party line. And I think the reason is because you have to appear like you're in the fight and you're in the game. And it's, you know, that's not the time to public spectacles are not the time to uh, go cheap. I guess that's what I'm saying.
2: That was, what was disappointing. You got the billionaire behind you, but then what? What your first presentation really doesn't look like a billionaire is behind you. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, it, 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 I'm sure it played great to their fans, no doubt about it. But is that going to be enough to be a successful promotion on the level that they want to be on, or it appears they want to be on? And with the kind of, you know, contracts they're accruing at, you know, pretty, pretty high dollar. So, well, I guess we'll see how much how much this guy wants to spend. Um yeah, this, I mean it what, also what reminds
1: really me like, you know, it's the the kind of hilarity that is the XFL. As as bad of, as an idea as the XFL renewal seemed to me when it was announced. It's got to look even worse now because all the reasons that they wanted to launch, which is sort of capitalizing on this like oh, you know, we'll make everybody stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I, I mean, all that happy horse shit, right? It looks absolutely asinine now. Like, it just, the the reasons for starting a football league that basically center around, you know, Trump's America, like, it's so bizarre, and I, I mean, I have to look for news on the XFL, you know, it's like, oh, they just announced a commissioner, and it's, you know, it's Andrew Luck's dad. And It's like, okay, like, <laughs> but I mean, it's. Hey, God, what, there's something just striking when the iron is hot, and uh, you know, XFL doesn't seem like they're doing it. Hopefully, AW will strike while the iron is hot and have some momentum and some buzz.
2: Let's turn to a, uh, a complete 180 here and go to more positive. Uh, thing on the local scene how about Mr. absolutely Swinke, w- winning the pwx x16 tournament and then boom he's announced for joey janela's uh, spring break show one of his shows and um you know he, when he was on here uh two weeks ago on the awards pod uh podcast he said this was going to be his year well so yeah. far it's kind of looking like it's his year
1: and another thing about Slim Jay, and this part is really awesome to me, um, when, I, when I saw other people talking about it, right, other people posting about it, Slim J is one of those guys, it, when he's getting, as he's getting these things, one, they feel completely deserved, right? I don't think anybody with a reasonable thought in their head begrudges him any of this, Right. No. And I think the other thing is it feels like the good guys are winning one. Um, yeah. And it doesn't always feel like that in wrestling, especially in Georgia, but <laughs> Slim J winning, uh, you know, having success, because though still in his prime, let's be honest, his time has to be now, Larry. He doesn't have, if he's still where he's at right now in five years, it's a wrap, you know, he's got to make it now. I think that window, if it's not closing, it's about to. So uh, what's exciting is the thought of him going and being in these very visible high profile shows and just stealing it. Um, I hope he doesn't make because I've heard lots of stories about guys who, when they got their big shot, they they almost talk themselves, they self sabotaged. I don't think Slim Jay will do that. I think Slim Jay, you know, hopefully they give him a lot of leeway to make things happen. And, you know, take advantage not only of his physical skill and his sort of veterans' poise. But also his high wrestling IQ. This is a guy who trained people. This is a guy who was always privy to what was going on and how he was being booked on the card and worked on his own gimmick tweaks and all this kind of stuff. He's a very smart young man when it comes to wrestling. And I hope he gets a chance to show all of that because there's no doubt success will be the limit. And, of course, avoiding that injury bug, which has plagued so many sort of top Georgia stars in the last two, three years.
2: That's for sure. You know, of course, also on a local level. Since we last spoke, we've had a couple of the biggest crowds we've seen in Georgia indie wrestling in in a while. Um, with yeah, Southern Honor putting uh, over four hundred in their building in Canton uh, a week ago Friday night, and then Southern Fried coming back with over five hundred on Saturday night. Then um, those two promotions are on fire, no doubt.
1: I have a question because, you know, if you're the angel on Georgia Wrestling's shoulder, I'm most certainly the devil. And let me pull it into the negative with this question. Has Georgia Wrestling more than ever polarized into have and have nots? When I look at a group like Peach State, which you so notably said a couple years ago, it was Peach State's year. They were on top of the world, untouchable, and now they're drawing a hundred or even south of a hundred is the success of these groups like Southern honor and Southern fried and, you know, Georgia, like these groups that are drawing these huge numbers is wrestling in West Georgia. Is it dead? Has it like, has it died in one area? Is it, is it a case of Siamese twins or conjoined twins did one have to die so the other could survive
2: well you know the way i look at it is that canton where gary lamb is running southern honor yeah when i looked at that crowd there uh, at that show um week before last it's a whole it's a new group of fans there were hardly any people that i would say were th- that that i would say were G- uh gpw fans this is a new following in in canton for yeah. wrestling and you know four shows in it's growing not going the other way it's 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 growing when i look at west georgia i see and, and i look at the peach state crowd i see a lot of the same people there's just less of those same faces and it just i don't see how you rebuild um in in west georgia with new fans i don't know where they're going to come from it's like that old school fan base is maybe they're not dying, but they're, they're moving on to other things. And I think one of the terrible things for Peach State was losing that Saturday night slot for two months in the fall where people developed other habits of what they were going to do with their Saturday nights. And apparently didn't have anything to do with wrestling. So now you've got some, just some second tier promotions and Peach State took, still putting on a good show, but I just think they really got an uphill battle to try to rebuild crowd wise. They can still do good shows. And it's not, it's, you're not talking about a place that has big budgets or anything like that. Uh, to worry about, but I, I just think it's a shame because the shows are still good and they're, uh, and they just don't, they just don't have the following. Uh, uh, real quick. Cause I know our, our
1: guest is going to come on soon. Um, uh, of course, we all remember the failed like WWF slash WCW invasion angle, right? It's been talked to death. It's been, you know, hammered home, blah, blah, blah. You know, when that angle, Um, Even though time-wise, it doesn't really match up. But you know when that angle officially died a horrible death, in my opinion? It's when Eric Bischoff came out, and people were stunned. And the first thing he did was hug Vince McMahon. Um, I would contend that Peach State had a thing that could have been blisteringly hot and not that they weren't doing hot angles at that time that were very successful and whatever, but how Peach State and UIW did not do some kind of invasion or war against each other is beyond me. It was such Mm -hmm. a natural. It was such a, it, it would have tied in reality so effectively. It would have helped both groups incredibly. And now what are we talking about? We're talking about UIW skipping town again, like slinking off to Alabama with their tail tucked between their legs. Uh, I I mean, it just just feels like a massive shame, you know?
0: Um,
1: Yeah. And it's something that you just can't do now, right? Billy Knight has passed. It's just like, you can't do it now. You know? And I, I couldn't believe that they never did that angle. It was such a natural. I and mean, they could have even pulled in the other West Georgia groups because God knows there were a million of them running at that one time, you know? Yeah, there you were. Could have had, <laughs> God, remember there was like that Christian group and Scotty East was doing his thing. And like, there were all these myriad of groups that, you know, the fear was, I remember you expressed this sort of concern at the time Man, it's just it, they're just going to burn the whole area out, and it appears that they have, and they uh, you didn't know, get the thing out of it that they should have.
2: I never talked with Shane about Shane Knowles from Peach State about like an invasion or anything like that, or with Billy or Stan about that. But I, I'm, I can only speculate here that from Peach State's perspective at that time, they had nothing to gain by getting involved in any kind of interpromotional promotional thing with with lesser promotions. Um, that's just my speculation.
1: I did it all the time. I, you know, like whoever heard of MGCW, right? Yeah. But Right. That, that provided uh, again, a, a lot of groups in Georgia talk about, you know, let's work together, but they only mean it in the most superficial bullshit of ways, how you work together in wrestling is you work together to help each other's shows, not by sharing talent, but by creating angles that people talk about. You know, before Anarchy kind of dipped out of the PCW versus Anarchy thing, it could have been huge. If it went both ways, it could have been huge, but they dipped out. And and at the end, we'll never know how great that could have been. We'll never know what it would have been like to have... You know, Todd Sexton and Bill Barrens, you know, and Jeff G. Bailey on one side, and then me and Matt Hankins and whoever on the other, we'll never know. And isn't that the worst thing in wrestling ever, is to go, we'll never know what would have happened. Um, you know, we know what it's like if Hogan gets in the ring with The Rock. We know what it's like, you know, with any number of things in wrestling. We almost always get exactly what we want. And when you don't, and uh, it's always crushing and disheartening to think, man, you'll never know what's going to happen. So,
2: Well, and to their credit, Anarchy and Southern Fried are doing some of that now, doing uh, uh, title defenses on each other's shows and doing a little bit of crossover yeah. there so i mean i th- i think they're they i think they're 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 doing well in that area It's, how i think the, the way they're doing it yes yeah. um and it certainly can only help anarchy you think can get any <laughs> any rub off of southern Friday. man 500 people in monroe who saw who, who saw a company like moving towards their peak 4 5 years in past 5 years in and they're growing and getting bigger and better after 5 years well,
1: well who thought we would have been talking about anarchy getting the rub off of Southern fried. It it was a few years ago (laughs) when Southern fried, when Southern fried was putting fat pieces of shit on their show, just so they could use their ring. And those rings would rock back and forth and almost fall apart. I mean, Southern fried, you know, there's a part of me that's always going to hate because again, anybody who I saw as a rival, right. But the, the ascension of that group, um, is the big Georgia wrestling story. And the fact that Southern honor is also doing their thing and action has become sort of the darling of the artistically great wrestling show.
0: Um,
1: It's a remarkable story. I mean, none of these groups were a thing in 2010, Larry, like less than a decade ago, you know, These groups didn't exist And the groups that we talked about Were you know Anarchy, Rampage PCW You know UIW to an extent And Peach State was like a Peach State was the show that Drew well but wasn't as well Regarded right (laughs) It was seen as oh it's the same Eight guys who wrestle each other
2: Well yeah Action in Southern Niner didn't didn't exist a year ago, and Southern Fried, just going back a couple of years, was looked like they were, un, you know, unfortunately going in the wrong direction. So it's funny how things yeah. uh, change. Hey, I, there are a couple other local notes we can touch on after we um, talk with Mr. Gardner, but we got him on the line now. So let's... Um, oh, please, introduce. Break... Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we're joined now by the um, promoter of National Syndicate uh, Wrestling and AWN in Fort Valley. Uh, we're pleased to have with us for the first time David Gardner. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, David, hey, you how are you me? doing? All right. Yes, sir.
1: We can hear you loud and clear. Larry, do you, do you want to open with David?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I I I don't know if you heard the opening part, Dave, but I you know I talked about you know the the exchange you and I've had about the status of regulation in Georgia and licensing of promotions in Georgia. And um, that, you know, you, you took issue with Georgia wrestling history, giving publicity to promotions that were not uh, properly licensed and following this, you know, the state regs. And um, uh, we, you and I both agree. uh, There's no, there's no secret to the fact that very few promotions are actually uh, licensed by the Georgia Athletic and Entertainment uh, Commission as Commission rules state. Promotions are supposed to be paying a $100 uh, fee for licensure every year. And at this point in 2019, I show 10 promotions that are actually licensed to the state of Georgia. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. That's and last, terrible. And,
3: and,
2: and last, at last year, the count
3: total I had 57 active. Fifty-seven? Fifty-seven active, and we're coming up on income tax time, so you can almost, you know, add another ten.
1: Uh, David, David, I got a question. Um, what is that, in your opinion – now, there's the rules or rules argument, which I totally back up and understand, right? Uh, all you have to do mm-hmm. is pay 100 bucks, go through a background check, and you have a license. I used to have a promoter's license, Right. No big because, deal. There's no reason people shouldn't do it, right? No reason people shouldn't do it. I would completely agree with that part. However, is what does that license mean? Does it really mean anything beyond it's the rules?
3: Well, uh, for one thing, you have to have a federal business license or at least a state business license and a federal EIN to pay your taxes. So if you are not getting a commission's license, how do I even know that you have a legitimate company? You might as well be a backyard fed, as far as I'm concerned.
1: And what does – so you have the business license, but – so, okay. Here, my my main issue was sort of twofold. The first one is, is it Georgia wrestling history's obligation to go, okay, we're going to keep up on – Who's got a promoter's license and who doesn't? And if you don't, that's that's up to Georgia Wrestling History. To me, it's like Georgia Wrestling History is—they're not involved. Like they're Larry sees his job. Correct me if I'm media? wrong. As are we're here to promote. Media where
3: people get their information. You know. So yeah. Are if, they if, are they a form of media where they get people get their information?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Then I, I to I do... me,
3: you have a right to you have an obligation to provide what is correct and truthful. And if yeah, they are not so, running with a commission license, we don't know if they're running with a, you might as well be promoting backyard wrestling.
1: Then, then, then why don't you write a thing saying here are the guys that are licensed and the other ones aren't?
3: Well, if, if that disclosure was put out, then let's do it. But right well, now,
2: I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: I mean, right now, there is no difference between legal and illegal.
1: Sure, but, uh, okay, let's – I mean, Larry, what? who are the 10? Who are the 10 okay, that actually have their license? Here's
2: the 10, and um, the, the caveat here is that the state – this is not necessarily up-to-date information. Um, okay. Because, the, uh, you know, like I know David put in for his, his, his license, but it doesn't actually show uh, – national syndicate being licensed for 2019 it shows it is expired so the so the ones that the it's, state uh, it's website under
3: syndicate promotions syndicate promotions because i run more than one show yeah and i, I see it promotions under Syndicate. i
2: i see syndicate is active but w- when i look at the expiration date it shows the 30 december 31 2018 and i recognize that may not be accurate because like for example i know matt griffin He's listed uh, – Action is listed as licensed for 2018, but he never
3: even got a physical license from the state. So, I mean, yeah, I think there's glitches it, in the state's website. It does forever a day. Well, so, they don't but, do but, physical license. They, they put it on the website, and you download it.
2: Okay. Well, that explains that then. Um, the ones that it shows are Viral Pro Wrestling, uh, Wrestling for the Community, which is a small promotion in Statesboro, United Championship Wrestling, a small promotion in Augusta. Extreme Pro Wrestling in Waycross. Continental Championship Wrestling, which is Dennis Gale's Wrestle America um, group. Spinebuster Championship Wrestling in Valdosta. Uh, Robinson Entertainment Enterprises, which is Sunbelt Wrestling. And Ring of Honor. And No uh, Anarchy. Just- No.
1: No, So, so, I mean, let's talk about the ones that aren't on there, right? No Anarchy, no, what? Is Southern Fried on
2: there? Well, no, Southern Fried, I think, is one of the ones that may not be listed. (laughs) Southern Fried definitely had one in 2018. Um, I don't see it in 2019 unless there's another, unless I'm just missing it here. I don't see it listed for 2019. Let me look on this other thing. Maybe it just didn't, maybe just get that printed out.
0: So
1: I, uh, here's, here's my, uh, here's another question for David. So, uh, I mean, it's clear to me that the Georgia state commission doesn't really give a shit about pro wrestling and never have.
0: Right? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> and that's another way that we, point. right. They they don't care. I, I used to, I used to have lunch with the guy when I would renew my license every year. I um, mean, he's now in California. But like they didn't care, right? And, and all he would say to me is like, uh, "You know what? Don't blade." Like he would—that was like his one rule: don't don't get color and don't blade. A rule, he- by the way, which I'm sure every promotion has broken, right? <laughs> right? And um, I mean, you're you know, absolutely
3: beyond- correct in everything you're saying, uh, and and they won't do anything until somebody gets hurt. In the rain Then they'll step in By then it'll be too late for us to have any control over regulations
1: But people do get hurt all the time I mean the, the Booker no,
0: for Southern me, Honor Almost murdered
3: himself I'm talking a broken neck Somebody's paralyzed, somebody's dead Something like that happened where there's going to be major media on it Then they're going to step in and force regulations that nobody wants this is our opportunity to step in and regulate it the way it should be by us.
1: But how is anything you're doing lending itself to that? That's what I don't understand in the least. We're talking about a license that
3: First, in essence doesn't
1: matter, right?
3: Let's get rid of the guys that aren't legal. Then we'll put the legal ones together, and we can go to the commission.
2: So, David, are you have suggesting that the – are you suggesting that the wrestler promoters themselves get rid of the legal ones? Because clearly the commission, if they wanted to find unlicensed shows, would have no problem finding that information and finding out um, who's licensed, you know, the unlicensed shows. And they could, they could step in and find people and shut them down if that's what they wanted to do. And they're not, they're, they you have know, no interest it's just in doing like
3: life. it. It's just like life. There's a lot of people that want to do things, but they are afraid to take the step and do it themselves. They don't want to step out of their comfort zone. I'm not afraid to.
1: Well, I mean, I'll just put it bluntly like this, David. Are you going to tell Rick Michaels that he can't, like, that his show's not legitimate because he wouldn't be able to get a promoter's license? He can get one. <laughs> if he
3: can get one. Get it. If not, then he yes, can't. Right? Can. He would
1: not be able to get one. So then what?
3: So then he shouldn't get one. I don't understand the question if he can't
1: get one so he can't get one right so he can't get one so now his show is illegitimate like i know there's the technical like i said i'm making a distinction between the letter of the i'm not even going to call it a law because again the commission doesn't give a shit the license doesn't really mean anything right so it's just it's a rule so again that's where i think we're getting into this semantic battle but at the end of the day Measure. I mean, because look at that list of 10. There's about three groups there that matter, right? And seven that don't. So, I mean, n- to me, nobody can say, oh, you know, this show in Bumfuck, Georgia, because the promoter put up 100 bucks and got a background check it, is, you know... They're legit, but this other group isn't. I just don't. I I just don't get why this is your hill to die on with this stuff. I just. I, I please help me understand. I just don't get why you're this upset about it.
3: It's got to
1: start somewhere. Where does it start? What, where at does point, what start? What I don't. I don't see legit? where there's a problem. That's what I'm saying. Like, what do you call this? It's been this way for years. So why is it a problem all of a sudden?
3: It's because I'm making it so. But here's my question. What makes a show legitimate then if it's not a license that makes you legal? What makes it legit?
1: You tell me. I mean, is it is it the license that makes it a show legitimate in the sense of, being a quality show or not? It doesn't seem to be no, the you're case talking at all. you
3: different thing. You're, I'm not talking quality of show. I'm not talking numbers. I'm not talking any of that. I'm talking legitimate and legal.
0: But
1: again, okay. we're saying legal, but, but realistically, that again, you agree that license means next to nothing, and it's the commission doesn't care. commission does
0: not back it up.
1: So why do you care? Why do you want the commission to care if there isn't a problem?
3: There is a problem, and every legitimate promotion should see it that way. For every illegitimate, illegal show that's going into a town that is fancy or taking away from legitimate shows that they should be watching.
0: Who's
1: taking away I don't. I don't understand. You think if every group that t- couldn't or wouldn't get a license disappeared, it would mean
2: your show would draw better?
3: I'm not saying my show. I'm saying shows.
2: If I could just give Cornelia for an example, just right now, there's been any number of promotions that have come in there over the last year, four or five different ones, I think, as far as I can tell none of them had a license so you know it's it for that area it's not like they were taken away from a license show there's no license show running in that area nobody's got one nobody up there does um and if i could just say from like a from the georgia wrestling history from the website perspective to me it's like well what's newsworthy what's is people, are, are promotions not being licensed? Is that newsworthy? To me, it became newsworthy when Dennis Gale canceled a show because mm. his building holder was told he was running an unlicensed show, and then Dennis decided he, need, he, he needed to contact the commission to avoid further problems. To me, that was a newsworthy thing because it actually affected the running of a show. But otherwise, it's like every. it's not really news that and it hasn't been for news news for years that most of the promotions in Georgia do not have licenses. So I could publish this on the website, but would anybody really care?
1: And frankly, would anybody care about Georgia wrestling history if we had just reports from WrestleAmerica, I, I just, I just don't see it. And I I mean, out of all the shows that you went to Larry, I mean, about at least half of them probably aren't licensed. It's well, not more. Quarters of and so according I understand David's position of, yeah. well, then go get your license. But my thing is like, again, it's, it's a problem that doesn't exist. <laughs> like I just don't see the problem. And, I mean, I had a license. I didn't feel like that made me more legitimate. You know, I, I did it because I, you know. I mean, most of those guys out of the ten, here's my thing. I bet you they got a license just so they could say they had one. And they look at it. They look at that little blue piece of paper and they go, like, ooh, I'm a wrestling promoter. But that doesn't make their shows any better. So I I just don't, I don't get why this is your hill to die on when you have a wrestling group to focus on. I, how does hamstringing dozens of groups in Georgia make the wrestling better when there are shows that are as big or bigger um, that don't have the license and seem to be doing just fine. And in some cases have been doing it for decades. I just, I don't get it.
3: Then what is the problem with just getting the license and being legal? Then there's no issue. But the way I look at it, it's like a barrel. You have a barrel of something in there. When you start diluting it with shit, then it dilutes the whole thing.
1: But it's got nothing. But, again, the wrestling license has nothing to do with whether a show is shit or not. So that's, that's my thing. I think that's where you and I are. Sort of missing each other in the night. I, the license to me is meaningless. And if your thing is well, then just get it. I agree with that part. But if you don't have it, I don't think the repercussions should be anything. And Georgia wrestling history to me is generations removed from this argument. Where it's like Georgia wrestling history is just covering wrestling in the area, which desperately needs that coverage. I don't. I don't. You threatening to. Not have anything put on Georgia wrestling history That doesn't do anything to Georgia wrestling history That's negative Except we're not able to tell the complete story It hurts you more than Georgia wrestling history So again I don't get why This is your axe to grind with Georgia wrestling history Either I, That part I just really don't get
3: So Because Georgia wrestling history Is the main source that everybody goes through From wrestling to promoters To fans And if they don't stand up, then nobody knows. You don't, but you can
1: have a, you can have a voice through Georgia wrestling history. You're doing it now. So if, if this is something that you feel very strongly about, hell, write a column and Larry puts it up, um, make this a thing for yourself, but. Basically, what you're saying is Georgia wrestling history has to take on my viewpoint exactly or fuck 'em and my contention is that's a terrible way to try to get your way that's my thing with how you're approaching this whole thing
2: when um when the um, Georgia Athletic and Entertainment Commission wanted to step in and make. Stringent rules, and that goes back to what? Yeah. Um, 2010, even yeah. maybe even a little before that. You can better, It you was nine.
1: It was 2009. Going because it was when I was still at WWA4. So. It was around like eight history. or nine.
2: We covered that story extensively because it was news. There was threatening to affect every promotion in the state and put people out of business and change the way. The, the ability to even do business, so we covered it a whole lot then, but then once the the rules were watered down to uh nothing but paying your fee and I guess supposedly turning in your gate receipts so that department of revenue you know so the state would know how much you owe the department of revenue um yeah i mean that's all it that's all it boiled down to, and it just became a non issue so i mean david i'm I'm more than happy to 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 uh, post this, but I don't it just, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, I can post who's got them according to the state website, which well, you know, uh, is, let me, not, let me the say accurate. this, um,
1: who's, who's posted their the gates to the department of revenue. David, hasn't That's what done I want it. Nobody's done that.
3: Who, who is sending their gate? That's, That's not a requirement. It's not a requirement. Yes, it is. That's in the regs. To send oh, it's
1: absolutely requirement
2: Yep, that's in the requirements <laughs> check, out, check it out, that's in there
1: Check it out, yep. and you know what? The... They don't care, and that's how we like it <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I mean, David, if you found that to be the case If you looked up what Larry's talking about I mean, would that change your position Where it's like, shit, I haven't been doing this You know and then everybody else should do it too. Oh my God, man. Like, I, again, I don't understand alienating yourself from the wrestling community at large. Like, I just don't, I just don't get why this is, I, it doesn't, everything I hear about you and AWN is positive. Like Matt Hankins yeah. and Matt Myers and those guys say like, he's really trying to do this thing and blah, 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 blah. And that's great. I just don't understand why you're wasting your time and energy with this part of it, you know, re- running a wrestling promotion's hard and all of this regulation stuff and the license, none of it matters. Like to me, it's just, it's stuff and nonsense. Now, I'm not disagreeing with, yeah, these guys should just go get their license, but I can tell you a very good reason why a bunch of them don't. It's because they wouldn't be able to get it. And the reasons they wouldn't be able to get it, let's be honest, um, have nothing to do with whether they can run a promotion or not.
0: So, so David, I mean,
3: there's we... no way to change your point. You, you have your point and That's the way you see it. And I see it the way I see it.
2: Okay. But so before we terminate this, do you do you um, do you want to tell us anything about what's going on with AWN or National Syndicate?
3: Well, we have our shows. Every time,
0: second and fourth Friday.
1: Okay. All right, man. Well, best of luck, and uh, look into that. <laughs> like again, you know, again, having a list of dates. I mean, it's just like, it's just it's nonsense, you know. And I'm glad we don't have to, that. We don't realistically do it, but. Anyway, David, like you said, I mean, we're just gonna have to dis- agree to disagree on this one. Best of luck with everything, and I hope you change your mind and uh, you know let Georgia wrestling history be a part of helping your promotion instead of not helping it.
2: So. And David, thanks, thanks right, for guys. coming on the sh- show and show and airing this out with us. I really appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. Please. All right. Thanks for thanks for having me.
1: Okay, Larry. Larry, uh, your dog. All right. <laughs>
2: All right. Bye, Dave.
1: Larry, Dave, are you there? Did you have yeah. that did you have that gate receipt thing in your back pocket? Um, oh, no, no. Once you they... brought it up, I have to say that it never occurred to me until you brought it up and then I went, "Oh, yeah." You know, because that might have been something that they mentioned to me when I would renew my license every year. Oh, yeah, make sure you put in your great receipts. Almost with a wink-wink. Again, I cannot emphasize to people that don't know, right, they don't give a shit about your promoter's license. It takes them forever to get you the physical license. It's true. You download the form online, fill it out, blah, blah, blah. Many things have changed, but I doubt it. And then you know what? Your thing goes in. I've seen the desk; those things pile up. The the uh, you know, the promoter's license, fucking things pile up because again, there's always an MMA show happening in Georgia. There's always a boxing show happening in Georgia. There's always you know WWEs coming into town, Ring of Honor is coming into town. Blah 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 blah. That's why Ring of Honor has a license because they just don't want any kind of static, right? Well, and
2: they it, don't it, give a it, shit, Larry. To, 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 that, to, to that point, I just went to yeah. the page that says Georgia Laws and Rules. This is under the Georgia Athletic and Entertainment Commission. It says Georgia Laws and Rules. Yes, then it sir. has boxing rules and regulations, and it lists a number of things. Then it has kickboxing rules, uh, Mai Tai and so forth. It lists a number of things. Then it has MMA rules. Then it has ticket broker rules. Then it has Georgia Athletic Entertainment Commission policies. And there's it doesn't even mention it doesn't even mention wrestling. <laughs>
0: they don't give
1: a shit. And so David can pretend to give a shit or he can legitimately give a shit. But at the end of the day, Larry, this is my contention. And again, you know, I shouldn't speak for David because he's not here, but whatever. I fucking know wrestling promoters and whatever. Everybody listening to this podcast right now does this. They do a dick measuring thing in wrestling. Who's more legitimate? You know, these other shows are just like backyard shows, but our show's legit and our show's got this and our show's got that. Like I said, there was a time when Southern fried had a ring that wouldn't even stay upright, Larry. Right. Right now. Sure. Yeah. It's all, it's called learning curve, Right. Some guys never get better and they go out of business. Some guys lie to themselves (laughs) until they go out of business, right? You have Josh Wheeler who would tell you to your face, oh, no, everything we do is financially viable, right? You got to be fucking kidding me, right? (laughs) Like wrestling people are always looking for a way to measure themselves against each other. And to me, it sounds like David is like shouting from Fort Valley, I've got this license, and that puts me in some kind of superior position. And in a technical sense, he has a license. Somebody else doesn't. He's right. Again, I say it again. He's right, technically. But realistically, as far as social mores go or any reasonable measuring stick, it doesn't matter. And I think the more that guys waste their energy on stuff, I mean, you know, like Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment their problem is they think that Twitter mattered, right? They did get the best buzz. They did have the most chatter. They did have the vocal minority of wrestling fans that touted them and loved them and screamed their name and, you know, carried the torch for them. And it didn't get them anywhere, right? Because there's Twitterverse. And then there's people actually paying their money and sitting their ass down and watching your show. And those two things aren't always the same. And a promoter's license doesn't mean shit. Is somebody going to tell me legend of the year for 2018 Rick Michaels is not legit because he can't or won't get a hundred dollar license that
2: includes a background check? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> well, David David Gardner gives a fuck. Here here uh just to, just to Robert wrap this Gibson one thing up. like according to that list like oh,
1: Robert Gibson does not have one. No. That's right. right.
2: Uh, oh my god, one of the all-time great legends doesn't have one. That's true. The top
1: that's wrestling true. schools in the state who run shows don't
2: have one. That's also true. None of, the, none of the I didn't even think about that. None of the schools have them. And David backed off on his
1: argument, didn't he? He backed off on his argument because he knew that it was a dead end and it wasn't going anywhere. When he said, yeah, but if somebody gets hurt, somebody gets badly hurt, what? The fact that the promoter did or didn't have a $100 license that didn't mean anything wouldn't make a bit of difference. Now, I made the argument when when OSWA, right, used to do weird wrestling matches with, like, kids, like 14 and 15-year-olds doing dumb shit, I was like... That's the kind of thing if somebody got if one of those kids got hurt, now we've got a wrestling commission. But somebody gets hurt doing pro wrestling bullshit happens all the time. People have died in other states. It doesn't really change anything.
2: You know? We just had That's an egregious sure. injury We just had an egregious injury on that Southern Honor show when Danny Jordan got hit in the head with a water bottle thrown from a distance by a fan in that, you know, trash throwing incident, the questionable trash throwing incident at the end of the Southern Honor show, that wound up putting a knot on her head and costing her uh, her booking the next night because she had she had headaches. Um, but like, did anybody care two days later?
1: Do you need to? I mean, we used to do. And again, for me, I just see things differently in that. Pro wrestling to me is part of the entertainment. I mean, there's a reason it's called the like, sports and entertainment license, right? And because they've definitely decided wrestling is not a legitimate combat sport. So it's beneath regulation. To, in their eyes, I'll just put it this simply. In their eyes, it would be like regulating an improv show.
0: <laughs> you know
1: and by the way in brawl we used to do pro wrestling spots not in a ring on the stage and you know what they could give a shit they could give a shit about well, that they could give a shit and uh, that's the way we like it
2: vid- I thought you made a good point in your video about it you know that independent wrestling is outlaw by its very nature so um, yeah uh, so f- 43-4B-52 in the in the code says, a yeah. under B, a licensed organization shall, after a match, contest, or exhibition authorized and governed by the organization, file with the commission an affidavit that includes the number of tickets sold, the amount of gross receipts, the amount of sales tax to be paid to the Department of Revenue, and any other facts the commission may require. Such an affidavit shall be postmarked within three business days after the conclusion of the match, contest, or exhibition.
1: <laughs> well, get on it, David. <laughs> I guarantee so, this I can guarantee you Larry not a person has ever fucking done that except perhaps for Ring of Honor Ring of Honor I bet Ring of Honor not does even right
2: I bet they do Ring of Honor
1: do does do. because again but that that's not about Georgia this I mean again this is this is about bigger wrestling knowledge right they're not doing that just because it's a rule in Georgia they're doing it to make sure they're towing the line so they can get licensed in other states that are much more restrictive, right? At one point, the WWE was thinking of not doing shows in Oregon because Oregon had incredibly stringent rules and taxes that would get levied and all kinds of things if you ran a show there. And the WWE's contention was, dude, we should be exempt from your petty any bullshit Right, we bring you more business, than you're gonna b- try to bleed out well, of some taxes. And frankly, we don't need you. And guess what Oregon did? Knuckled under. Of course they did.
2: Right. Maybe. Uh, and Steve, maybe maybe WWE's been exempted in Georgia because they're not anywhere listed in any year as having a license. So maybe they're also yeah some, because it reasons. doesn't matter. <laughs> It
1: doesn't matter, and so it's just like, and my God, give me the wrestling commissioner that in the state of Georgia that would try to fucking lean on the WWE, and you got a guy that's not going to have his job very long, Larry. And give me the guy, you, you know, when they tried to do that all that regulation shit years and years ago, right? It's funny because then we thought this is a fight. I mean, at the time, Larry, and correct me if I'm wrong. We thought this is a fight we're going to have to fight again and again and again. Yeah, but we didn't have to fight it again.
2: No, no.
1: You know why we didn't have to fight it again? And this is—I can't believe I'm saying this. It's because Republicans love wrestling and Democrats hate it. (laughs) It's the—it's the one distinct truth. Republicans love pro wrestling and Democrats hate it as far as legislation goes, as far as regulation goes. I don't know why that is, but you know, once Georgia went full red, like nah, they got bigger fish to fry wrestling. I mean, and this is an indication of how much wrestling doesn't matter
0: because it's not
1: seen as a cash cow. I mean, that's a, that factors in too. I mean, those gate receipts, if these indie groups handed in gate receipts, Larry, God, you would need to send ambulances to that office to revive guys who died from laughing. <laughs> <laughs> compared to okay. boxing, com- compared to MMA and all of it, right?
2: I, Stephen, I think we've beaten this horse, horse way past death. So, absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so so you said you want to talk about a couple more local issues before we jet
2: yes oh there was just a funny thing if you happen to get a chance to see the um it's on it's posted online the video of the southern fried show <laughs> there's this there's a spot in there where bobby moore who's back as part of the approved with kenji uh and uh adrian hawkins comes to the ring and gets in an argument with Adrian, and he he's comes out with headphones on and a thing of nachos. And at the end of the argument, he just throws the nachos into Kenji Breiv's face. And what's so hilarious about it, that gooey cheese, it just sticks all over his face with the nachos in it. But what's even more hilarious is that nobody clued Kenji in that the spot was coming. So it's. it's, I found it very entertaining. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I just hope the nacho cheese was at a certain temperature to keep up with state regulation. (laughs)
2: You know, my wife was talking but she said how do they get it must have been just right to stick like that. You know, it's like glue to space.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a perfect consistency, right? <laughs> the viscosity of the cheese. Well, cheese uh, in parentheses, right?
2: i a, on a more serious note, uh uh Combat Entertainment starts their Combat season this Sunday, Furnace 41 in Jonesboro, and uh the big news for their season is they're bringing back Former MLW World Champion Shane Strickland is in their field of twenty-four. The other big name in the field, I guess you would say, is Eddie Kingston. Caleb Conley's in there, yeah, and a lot of the usual suspects from AWE. But I was surprised to see Shane Strickland's name come back around. Um, and uh, this coming weekend, well, we got we got Georgia Premier. They had they. The, uh, Bob Armstrong is out as their legend for this Saturday. Tom Pritchard is in as the legend for this show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Anarchy's running with Logan Creed defending the title against Jacob Ashworth on top. And I think that's, those are the main shows for this weekend that I'm aware of. Right
1: on, right on. Well, I mean, this is very sincere. I'm being sincere here. Thank you to David Gardner for coming on. And, uh, you know, let this voice be heard and bring about this debate. I'm curious what other promoters think about this because if if David feels so passionately about this, I would imagine I would be interested in what the other nine who are legit or even a guy like Matt Griffin would have to say about this, you know who I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that action wrestling gets, has renewed their license. I, I would just assume a bunch of groups did, you know, Wrestle America certainly did and that kind of thing.
0: So, yeah. And, or
1: and, is David and, and... on an Island alone on this? I, I, I kind of think just, just by virtue of the fact that all of these groups work with each other, they go to each other's shows, you know, Wrestle America, like, you know, Rick Michaels goes there and all this kind of stuff. Like, I just maybe I'm missing the boat on this, but maybe David's right. I will allow for that. Maybe there are a number of promoters that secretly and David was the only one who had the guts to say anything. I'm definitely open to
2: that possibility so well we we shall see if that if that comes to light if any contact Georgia wrestling history about this we'll certainly make it known. Give them an, a forum to right. to, to discuss as, as as David has. If David wants to as we as we said, if David wants to send something in uh to for posting about this, I'd be glad to post it. I may just post the names of the promotions that have licenses. But um like I said, I don't think know that anybody really finds that newsworthy. Yeah. Well, Larry,
1: a riveting show.
3: <laughs> a good job again. I
1: think I think we're off to a flying start in 2019. I I had fun. I love this kind of shit, frankly.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, um, you know, we should uh, I think we would be remiss to not uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier that uh, Billy Knight has recently passed and uh it's no secret that Billy Knight whoa, whoa, whoa. for various reasons. Billy Knight. You didn't know that? You didn't know that Billy, Billy Knight died. Yeah.
2: Billy Knight died.
1: Billy Knight died. I believe I'm right. Yeah. Uh, like within Mark the Grayson last did... week. Oh no. Mark Grayson died, but I think Billy Knight passed as well. Oh. Now, I can't... perhaps I should make I should let you confirm that before I say anything else. But I believe that's Uh, true. If that's that's true, uh, you know, I think it's something we'll definitely talk about at length on the next Tipping Point. Uh, uh, But, yeah. yeah. I'm right, yeah. Billy Knight did die. So, if I could, Larry, and I'll I'll definitely let you speak as well, of course. But, uh, you know, Billy Knight and I didn't get along. That was not a secret. But... I would never deny the fact that that guy loved wrestling, that that guy wanted his kids to be a part of it. and that guy was beloved by many and and you know, he was he was a brother in arms. he did the damn thing and I was gonna end with Mark Grayson and so Mark Grayson to me, um, yeah, everything I've seen posted about Mark Grayson is what a gentleman he was and how kind he was to people and how much he loved wrestling. Um, To me, of course, it's sad that Mark Grayson is no longer with us, but I will say, I don't, gosh, Larry, and this is saying a lot. I don't know if I knew anybody in Georgia wrestling who was at his core sadder than Mark Grayson was. I think when he lost Will, And under the circumstances in which he did, it really just kind of, oh, man. It's the way that he used wrestling as kind of his lifeboat and his connection to his son um, was equal parts touching and tragic. And if there's any consolation to Mark Grayson not being here anymore, it's... You know, whatever you believe. Hopefully, Mark Grayson is reunited with his son. I can only hope so. And for Billy Knight, I hope that he has peace and his family has peace as well. Larry, I can tell that you're a little stunned. I'm sorry that you had to find out through me, um, but yeah, like B- Billy Knight is dead, isn't he? Uh,
2: I I don't think, th- I don't think that he is. Oh, really? No, I, I I I I I don't think so. I saw him last. I mean, I think I guess you know that doesn't mean he didn't die. But I just saw him last week, last Sunday night.
1: Okay. Looked, so maybe he, he is still fine. alive. For some reason, I yeah, sw- I, I thought yeah. that somebody that his girlfriend posted on his site that he had oh. passed. But I hope oh I'm gosh. wrong about that. And then Billy Knight if you're still alive, you get to live the dream. You got to have me say something really, really nice about you, and you got to be alive to hear it.
0: <laughs> so,
1: I, 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 so, like, that's the dream, isn't it, Larry, that you get to like, sh- sort of show up at your own funeral and listen to everybody say how great you were. And <laughs> so I hope that that's the case, that I'm dead wrong about Billy Knight, no pun intended. But, of course, Mark Grayson, that was incredibly sad, just Again, one of these guys that nobody had a crossword with. I mean, that guy, you know, the Will Grayson Memorial, he was the original guy. I I, I always feel like all these people who are always like, oh, I want to bring Georgia Wrestling together and we're going to blah, 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 blah. But the only guy who really did it in his own quiet way was actually Mark Grayson. You know, he was the guy that like everybody at some point Attended or or did worked his Will Grayson Memorial show. I certainly did. You know, it's just he he was just that guy, and uh, you know he will be missed in Georgia wrestling certainly.
2: Absolutely, but I must say that I think the rumors of that you just started about Billy Knight's demise are premature. You just posted about an hour ago about the uh, United Wrestling Show debuting in Roanoke, Alabama, on March 2nd with Tommy Dreamer. Well, I, think I guess
1: that's a, that's a positive way to end the show. Congratulations on not being dead, Billy Knight. For <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> long day you live. And uh, to Mark Grayson and his family, of course, our deepest condolences. And uh, Absolutely. It, you, all you yes. can do, I used, to, I used to tell this to Hankins. I used to tell this to Shane Mackey and anybody else who ran PCW and to the boys. But it's true. All you can do with this wrestling shit is leave it a little bit better than how you found it, and I think Mark Grayson's one of those guys, whether through announcing, through running his own shows, through just being in people's locker rooms and sort of being a being a little light in uh, in a pretty cynical business, um, who definitely left things better than which than how he found it. So, thanks, Mark Grayson. Yes,
2: definitely. thank you, Mark.
1: So. Well, Larry and I will be back, probably starting more shit (laughs) and all kinds of unfounded rumors uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, (laughs) We'll see you in a couple of weeks on The Tipping Point.
0: thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to Georgia for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.